give me one shot here on a blue chip stock, believe me, Kevin, the only problem I'm gonna have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is gonna go up, down, sideways, or in circles. All right. <laughs> and we are live <laughs> on the NBA draft post lottery show, the draft act post lottery show. Oh man. Uh, this, um, was a crazy lottery. These new odds over the last few years have really given us some fun outcomes. Uh, my name is Corey Tsalaba and I am here as always with my co-host, Albert Kim. Albert, how are you doing right now? This very second live post lottery. Um, should we start off with, a? <clears throat> Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Dude, wow. What a what a freaking win for them. I'm I'm pretty hyped, Corey. Like I think now we can officially start putting together some like legit mock drafts. Yeah. And uh, sure. which we're going to do tonight, right? Yeah. Yep. And um I'm hyped to talk about it. I think I think the, it, there are some interesting things, right? Like with uh, Toronto moving up and yeah. Cleveland moving up. So a lot a lot to lot to cover, a lot to talk about, but Hey, congrats to the Pistons. Uh, congrats to Ben Wallace being the uh, lucky charm for them and looking like he could play like maybe 12, 13 minutes a night, uh, even at that age. So um, ball, the original small ball five. Yeah. Yeah. So things are looking up for the Pistons. And I'm excited to talk about it. Hell yeah, man. Uh, look, uh, not only I mean, Houston got a win on in this, too, because Houston could have outright lost their pick to OKC. So. Yep. You know, I know that it seems like, oh, we didn't win the first pick. End of the world. Well, you kept your, you know, you got the second pick. You got who I'm assuming is going to be, you know, what many people consider uh, a generational unicorn big man. Um, but we'll get to that when we get to the mock draft. Um, I A winner slash loser, the Orlando Magic. Because they got the Bulls pick. Yeah. Bulls are bulls are losers. But so so they have the eighth pick uh from from Chicago in the Vucevic trade, but they get to keep or they drop down with their own pick all the way to number five, and that's where this draft is gonna start. Yeah. Right? I think we know who the top four is gonna be in some order. We don't know the order necessarily. Um, although it's going to get really fun at Cleveland, um, mm. especially with just roster decisions, but, um, it's going to start with the draft's going to start with Orlando at five. Um, mm. so it, I'm excited that we're going to get the first, uh, crack at it and, uh, maybe, um, you know, management in Orlando can, can copy our, our homework tonight and, uh, you know, see what, see what direction we end up going. All right. Let's, um. What else? What what else did we miss? Oh, Golden State two picks. Mm. Golden State two picks. Seven and right? fourteen. Yeah. Seven and fourteen. So Golden State took Minnesota's pick. That's big. Uh, we, Minnesota. Um, they certainly could have used that pick. We have to um, talk about Swin Cash and her reaction on live TV. Oh which was yeah, freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was uh, if it was as good as uh, Weltman's reaction in Orlando, just deadpan, mm. dead face when he got uh, got the fifth pick, but. Mm. a lot of good stuff hey. uh, you know my heart was racing man i for a second i thought the bulls had a chance to jump because up until i feel i think the the lottery sh- kind of played out in the first what six picks right mm-hmm. the way it was supposed to is that is that how it yeah. went and then before teams started dropping so um this is gonna be fun let's uh let's get into it do you want the first pick or do you want the second pick i I'll go first. That's the easy okay. pick, right? Yeah, I'll you go got the easy the, pick. yeah, yeah. You got the easy pick. Um, yeah, first pick of the what are we talking about? Twenty twenty one NBA draft. The twenty twenty one NBA draft. It's it's coming. I'm, it's getting exciting, Corey, to think about Cade on that team um, because it seems like it's going to be a lock to be Cade. Unless yes, I, I mean I can't I can't really think of them going like Maverick and grabbing Mobley there, right? Or I mean I can't see. No, that would be wild. I mean, even yeah. if they even if they weren't gonna take Cade, you have to at least trade down. Yeah, you know they're not they're not just gonna uh, go and and draft whoever. But um, 
I think they're look, Cade is one of the safest number one overall picks that we've had in years. I mean, mm-hmm. I get Zion, he was a safe one. Um, but even Zion, you could at least talk yourself into the injury risk of Zion, right? Yeah. You know, um, but before that, I mean, wh- who was the last guy who was just like no brain lock number one? You know, we haven't had that in a while. And, you know, looking at the Pistons roster and we did a, a full breakdown on them. I mean, they drafted Killian. Uh, they have Sadiq Bay at small Isaiah forward. Stewart. Isaiah Stewart. You know, they, they did well in the draft last year. We'll see what happens mm-hmm. with with Killian. Um, there's a little bit of overlap in Sadiq and, and Cade, but I mean, we see these teams like Sadiq Bay is literally the type of guy that we see in the playoffs in that Jay Crowder spot at the four. So like, even, yeah. even, I don't think there's that much overlap there. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that Cade's a no brainer. Uh, you just have to take the, one of the most talented prospects in however many years and, and not overthink this man. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I, th- I think the I think the small ball options become really fun for them, right? With Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bay, Cade, Killian, you know, throwing yeah. uh, Wayne Ellington there. <laughs> I mean, Jeremy Grant, you know, <laughs> yeah, Jeremy, Jeremy Grant, yeah, <laughs> you know, they Julio Okafor. Yeah. Not that he's a small ball, you know, <laughs> uh, no, but I, I mean, and now, um, you know, you look. There's not a lot of like big money tied up there, you know, outside mm-hmm. of Jeremy Grant. Like, who's on some big money deal, right? They're mm-hmm. gonna have moves to make um, in free agency at some point. It doesn't have to be this year, and it probably shouldn't be. Uh, you know, have another year where you just grow together as a young team and and you know develop the right way. Don't rush things, but uh, yeah, it's Cade, man. Uh, it, it's mm-hmm. simple. There, there's no way to overthink it, and um, I don't. Th- I want to say I don't. I'm not overthinking, and I'm picking for Houston and what I think Houston will yeah. do, not what I would do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Houston's going to take Evan Mobley here with with number two. I think he's the consensus. I think that a lot of people think that he's a unicorn prospect. Um, yeah. He's got some unicorn qualities, but that that word gets overused, and I, I don't necessarily know if I think. Evan's uh, offense is, you know, at the same place as, say, um, Anthony Davis uh, or Giannis, some some actual unicorns. I don't think he's there, but his offense also isn't Rudy Gobert. So, you know, if, if he could potentially be Gobert with, um, you know, some offensive game, if that's what you're drafting him for and that's what you think he could be. Yeah that's a foundational piece. Now they don't have a whole lot else on that team. I mean, um, Kevin Porter jr. Balled out, mm-hmm. love him as a young piece and Jay Sean Tate. Tate first team, uh, all rookie, right? Jeez. It's a quick, <laughs> so, it's a quick spot, but, um, yeah, we'll give it to him. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, I'm forgetting somebody. Uh, oh yeah. Christian Wood. Um, uh, but yeah. Christian Wood and, and Evan Mobley, they, they can play together. Um, so I, that, I wouldn't worry about it. They definitely need some kind of consistent initiator that they can count on night to night. John Wall yeah. is definitely going to be fun playing with them for the how, X amount of games that he's actually suiting up for. But, right. um, you know, you, you can't count on him every single night. So, but I, I think they're going to go Evan Mobley. I think one and two is locked in, mm-hmm. but as we get closer to the draft, I mean, you know, this is why we, we do these things as a process and, and we do them in, in segments at yeah. different times during the draft, because, you know, who knows, who knows with, with this stuff. But as of right now, I think Cade's going one to the Pistons and mm-hmm. Mobley's going to go two to the Rockets. And now the Cleveland Cavaliers are on the clock and Albert, mm-hmm. you are on the clock for so- the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, Corey, I do want to say, I feel like you saying who knows is really interesting once we get to the third spot. Because for me, I'm thinking about this Cleveland Cavaliers roster. And Mm -hmm. imagine you had Evan Mobley to that team. Like, let's say Houston goes green two and Mobley drops to three. Then we're talking about Sexton Sexland plus Evan Mobley. And you kind of get Evan Mobley walking in and, you know, he kind of walks in as their best passer. 
Um, and that's, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of interesting, you know, to think about like the kind of inverted roles you can get with that squad and just the sheer talent. We saw Sexton go up a level. I thought Garland had a really nice season that wasn't really talked about a lot. Um, I have so much Darius Garland stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So if know. you, exactly, if you consider the growth of those two guys, plus them adding the skills and the talent and, just the upside of an Evan Mobley. And the thing about Evan Mobley that's so fun and the reason why we're talking about him at the very top of this draft is because he's the type of guy that you want to bet on if you're a GM, right? High floor, high ceiling. Those are the guys that are hard to find. And Mobley will walk in as a already solid rebounder, solid rim protector. And we know that he's got tools on offense that most centers his age don't have. So if you consider adding that to Cleveland, that, that gets interesting. But um, with you already taking him off the board and I'm sitting there at three, I I just don't know if, yeah, it has to be Jalen Green for me. And the reason why I say that is because if you add Suggs to that team, it just doesn't make sense. And you're going to have one of those three yards coming off the bench and feeling slighted and asking for a trade after their first or second season. And that, that just, that's not going to be it. And then I don't know if they, no, sorry. I'm pretty sure they're not going to want to add Kaminga after adding a Coral last year. So if you consider Sexland plus Jalen Green, a Coro, Jared Allen, pretty good squad. That's a, I mean, it's a young, fun team. And so, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take Jalen Green there. Yeah, and, and that's who I would take. Now, I think long term. Yeah. And I, I and I felt this way regardless of what happened tonight. Sexland is just a fun, you know, memory. I don't yeah. think it, it's something that was ever going to, to last. Right. Um, and I feel like that team will really open up when they clear that up. I, I think ultimately they're going to take Garland over, pick Garland over Sexton. Maybe I'm wrong. He seems more fun to play with. Uh, mm-hmm. He really improved this year. He kind of fits what, you know, you want a, a, out of a initiator slash shot creator. And, but I still, I don't think they should rush to to trade Sexton. There's no rush. You could bring uh, Green slowly off the bench or play him spot minutes when one of those two guys, you know, misses games. Um, he'll still get, mm-hmm. you know, 28, 32 minutes a night. But Garland Green long-term mm-hmm. is insanely fun to me. And then yeah. you have Okoro, who is also somebody who likes to get out in the open court and is a good passer and can guard, you know, Lock whoever, up. you know, whoever's going to, you're going to need to guard in that backcourt. And then you have Jared Allen backing both of them up. Um, and, you know, USA Olympian Kevin Love is is still there, lest, you know, we not forget. <laughs> but <laughs> I, it's, um, it's a tough decision for them, I guess, because, you know, uh, he doesn't exactly fit like a glove there there's overlap but his talent to me is overwhelming and uh yeah i i agree with you i think that's that's where they're going now we get toronto jumping up into the top four i personally i wasn't preparing you know for a for a toronto jalen suggs pairing um but i mean jalen suggs is a toronto kind of guy right I mean, with Lowry potentially leaving, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, right. Like he is a he's a, a the kind of guy who could play with Van Vliet, mm-hmm. right? He's he's big enough to play the two, um, but he can also play make. Both of those guys can score a little bit and play make a little bit. So it, it's actually like one of the cleaner fits to me as far as like backcourt partners. Um, he doesn't interfere with you know the the ogs and the the siakams or or anybody like it's it's a clean fit and i don't think it's something that toronto has to overthink as soon as they get him in for an interview you know i think he's going to be atop of their board as far as realistic partners obviously if jalen green falls there that's a you know uh, mm. a clean fit as well and and you got half man half amazing part two up there which would be mm. fun uh up north but i think they go jalen suggs I, Corey, i did want to say i feel like the suggs fit here is kind of perfect just because some fans might be like what what about malachi flynn i feel like flynn is the perfect 
first guard off your bench. Yeah. And then when we talk about the defensive potential of that squad, if we're going Ananobi, um, Ananobi, Siakam, um, Suggs, and um, who am I missing here? Van Vliet. I mean, Van, Vliet Van Vliet. Van Vliet. Gets after it. That's a sick defensive lineup, and you have a lot of options there. And that's a dude. That's a lot of fun. That's actually a lot of fun. Yeah. And Holy we'll crap. see. We'll see. Uh, Gary Trent is is he a uh, free agent or is he, is he restricted? Is he restricted? I don't. I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, but he, he's another fun piece uh, for that team. Uh, it, it could mm-hmm. be a quick retool for Toronto. You know, it could have went from a situation where they they didn't land in the top four, kind of had weird decisions to make. And, uh, you know, they, they kind of had to we're in this position where do we rebuild? Do we uh, go for it again? And, and now I think they get a pretty clean retool with a really great prospect for that backcourt. Suggs there is going to be a lot of fun, fit right into the culture. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So you're up. This is where the draft starts. Wow. This is I I messed myself up. I shouldn't have gone first. The fifth pick is like <laughs> this is this might be the hardest pick of the draft. Um, it's it's oh, it's out there. This is a mind effort. Like imagine imagine if I were the GM of the Orlando Magic right now. I've got picks five and eight, yep. and Jonathan Kaminga is on the board. But Jonathan Kaminga is that the profile of player that I want to add to the roster? I already have. Holy crap! This is actually insane. Kaminga's got the upside. I think Kaminga is a really, really good passer already. Uh, he shot the shit out of the ball this year. Uh, not that he scored, that he hit a lot of them, but he kept on shooting. Yeah, um, sure I like did. the confidence. Damn. Barnes is sitting there. I don't want to add Barnes either. Keon Johnson measured in at like 6'2 today. I saw that. I was waiting to talk about this. <laughs> we said he looked small and he was exa- he was pretty much exactly the we did. His, wings, his wingspan is not we killer did. either. You know, he's like what was he like 6'4 in shoes with like a 6'6.75 uh-huh. wingspan something like that. It's like 6'7 Corey, wingspan. We deserve a lot more credit than we get. We called the Keon small guy a long while ago. Um yeah. Here's the thing though, like I I just, yeah, it, it's kind of too difficult to pass. I mean, Billis had um, Mitchell going fifth today. Did you see that one? Interesting. I saw. I saw. He's he's with you. He's with Billis me. Is with you. Yeah. There's there's you. plenty of us out there. Do you want to add Davion to Markel Fultz, R.J. Hampton, and Cole Anthony though? I mean, <sighs> would I? I would be fine with it. Do I think yeah, that Orlando is going to do I think Orlando is going to do it? I don't. Hmm. Not here. Unless he's there at eight. But right. then again, damn, this is tough. Okay. You know what? I, this is boring because I'm kind of going chalk here. But for me, like even with Jonathan Isaac, even with all the young guys that they have, I, I can still see them. I think Okeke and his shooting will help. I, I think the upside of Kaminga. And another thing that we haven't talked about either is that they could package these two picks for something, five and eight. I don't know who's going to be really enticed by five and eight, but still, I mean, we've seen weirder trades, right? Um, I'm just going to kind of go chalk here and take Kaminga because I feel like if we're talking about upside, we're talking about a rebuilding team. Uh, we're talking about his defensive potential, his offensive upside, the stuff that he was able to do in the mid-range, and the fact that he is not shy about taking threes. I don't think we're going to get a Ben Simmons type of situation here where he's just not going to be confident at all to shoot. No. Um, I'm going to take Kaminga. And also, once again, I, I love his passing upside. I think that's kind of not the safest pick, but it, it would just be hard for Orlando to pass on him. So I'm going to take Kaminga here. I, I agree with you. I think that them landing at five and that also having another pick at eight, they can afford to take an upside risk here yeah. and, and take a guy with monstrous upside. And look, he had a tougher bubble, you know, than Jalen Green did, but he was still playing as a rookie in a pro league and had really positive moments. So it's not like he just totally flamed out. Like, like you said, he's a willing shooter, maybe sometimes too willing, but he's still learning the game um, and he still brings just he, he has physical tools you can't teach. Now, mm-hmm. we'll see how tall he actually is, hopefully at some point um, as he gets measured. But he certainly got the strength and the athleticism to 
play, I think the three or the four and, and the quickness. Um, and, you know, I, I think that at least in Orlando, I mean, you're playing with a guy like Cole Anthony right now, Markel Fultz, like they're not going to put the ball in Kaminga's hands and just from, from the jump and be like, you're our number one primary option. Like they have like guys right. to spread it around. Um, I don't know when Isaac's getting back, but I guess they can afford to bring him along a little slower there. Right. Um, and we'll see. And they're just accumulating talent at this point. And, and mm-hmm. maybe at eight, they'll be able to kind of plug and play, um, you know, as far as that goes. So Kaminga goes fifth to the magic. So our top five is Cade to Detroit, Mobley to Houston, Jalen green to Cleveland, Jalen sucks at Toronto, Jonathan Kaminga to Orlando. That's the top five. I think a lot of people expect not mm-hmm. the top five teams. A lot of people expected them to go to, um, but look, sometimes a consensus is a consensus for a reason. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. That's where the draft gets interesting. Now, Oklahoma City. Mm. I, you know, they're funny because a lot of times you'll listen to a podcast or, you know, you'll watch the jump or whatever. And an analyst will be like, Oklahoma City has 400,000 picks coming up in the next six years. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I don't know if they're, it's such an absurd number. I don't know if they're making it up at this point. They have Mm -hmm. so many picks. They have, very few keepers, right? SGA, mm-hmm. keeper. Dort, probably a keeper, but, you know, you can move on from if you get a good offer. Poku, keeper, long-term prospect. Baisley, probably a keeper, but not overwhelming talent. Um, uh, they just traded for Kemba. Maladon had a good, you know, rookie year. Um, I think that OKC here, just from things I'm hearing about how much people love them, I think they're going to take Scotty Barnes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, wow. his he measured with a seven three, seven two mm-hmm. and a half wingspan, just absolutely ridiculous wingspan. He's in great shape. I we've talked about him on the Scotty Barnes episode. We believe in his shot. You know, even if it isn't um, the percentages didn't bear it out, we like the eye test on him. And he's a guy that can play make. He can defend one through five. Uh, We'll see what the uh, rebounding numbers look like in the pros when he's not, you know, guarding point guards yeah. as much as he is now. But um, he's he's just a guy that I think that I don't think that his ceiling is like crazy, crazy high as far as like I don't think he's a superstar ever. But he also is probably a safe bet, just like he's at least going to be a guy who could defend a bunch of positions and, and make smart passes. Now that was um, our guy, Ben Simmons in Philly in the playoffs. And he was a, a big time, you know, negative for them, but that was a lot of mental stuff. Scotty will at least shoot those shots. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's a different situation. He's not going to have the load that Ben Simmons is going to have, you know, he's going to be more of a secondary tertiary playmaker, rather than, you know, primary like Ben Simmons. And uh, from everything, you know, we hear Scotty Barnes is a crazy worker. So yeah. I buy it. Uh, I think that he's a guy, young, great measurements, interesting, intriguing skills. Poku's got really intriguing skills. SGA is a beast. And um, they have a whole bunch of other stuff that they could do for the future. So I think he'll be fun in uh, in Oklahoma City. And he he doesn't have pressure to go out and, you know, compete for, you know, a, a title team next year. He can kind of grow into himself, um, you know, at his own pace. I, I think, I think what you mentioned about like the superstar potential, um, I think that's where things get a little interesting with Scotty Barnes, just because when we did the Scotty Barnes episode, I, I, and I said this and I may live to regret saying this, but I felt like he may eventually be a Draymond type of defender, you know? Yeah. And, and then, then you start to question yourself, like, okay, how do you, how do you qualify, Draymond as a star, right? And I, I see Draymond as a star, maybe not a superstar. Yeah, and that's and kind of for sure. Right, right. And that's kind of what you're banking on with Scotty because yeah. as you mentioned, he is not Ben Simmons in terms of mentality. This guy's an absolute dog. He's a really ferocious guy. He'll he'll punch someone in the dick before he goes four games without putting up a shot in the fourth quarter. You know, like yeah. that's the type of energy that Scotty Barnes has. And so I 
I think that's a good pick. I think the only thing here, though, Corey, to think about when we're talking about Presti, I wonder if Presti gives Davion a hard look here. Um, just thinking about the Davion fit with SGA, right? And dude, I was looking at the OKC roster while you were talking. Yeah. Unbelievable names we have here. Charlie Brown Jr. on the current <laughs> roster. Okay. Gabriel Deck. Gabriel Deck, Jalen Horde, Josh Hall, Svi Mikhailuk, of course. I mean, he's been around. But like, I, yeah. uh, okay, I, w- I was going to ask this. Why trade Moses Brown? I kind of liked Moses Brown for them. Um, he was, you know, doing stuff for them. I, yeah, you know, sure. I, I get it. I guess Boston wanted him, but, um, okay. Anyway. Um, so I was thinking like maybe Davion at six also, you know, Presty likes his white guys. Um, Franz might be an option there at six. Um, but I think Scotty's a good pick. I think Scotty's a good pick. Yeah. Yeah. I'm seven, yeah. right? You're seven. You're golden state. Uh, and, and, and we'll preface this by saying this pick very easily could be shipped out somewhere else. Right. <laughs> um, so, but, but as of now, we're not doing any fake trades. So you just get to pick for the Golden State Warriors who are trying to get back into championship contention. Mm, this is tough, dude. Um, okay. So like, this will be my first hot take of the night. Um, you know, I don't really like hot takes, but, um, dude, I actually think Keon's going to plummet here a little bit, um, after the measurables and with the way that the draft order has come, like has like worked itself out. I feel like Keon might drop like late lottery, even out of the lottery potentially here. Like I know like a lot of teams may not care too much about size, but like, I think he measured at like what six, three without socks. Like that's, he's. That he's a little dude. Like he's he not he's not a big wing anymore. Um you know what I'm saying? Like I I'm yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. I, I've been on this bandwagon. We've been on the bandwagon yeah, we from have the beginning. Been. We could be completely and utterly wrong. But I I think that we won't be. I think you know, we'll we'll it'll bear out for us. Okay, then I have I'm gonna pick someone that um, I think you're pretty high on um, with the seventh pick in the 2021 NBA draft. The Golden State Warriors select point guard Davion Mitchell from the University of Baylor. Um, I, I, look, I like Davion at this spot because um, I I kind of really like Davion coming off the bench for them. Yeah, um, I think he'll give them scoring pop. And we've seen and we've uh, you, we've talked about and you did your video. Um, the shooting upside is real with Davion. Uh, his improvement year to year. We talked about how much he improved after he transferred to Baylor too, and into his uh, into this last season. Um, obviously, we know what we're going to get from him defensively, and I feel like they could always use a little bit. You know, I, I think the Warriors would like to add like a strong defensive guard. Um, yeah, I, I don't think Davion. I don't think Ni- I don't think Nico's there. <laughs> they're the guy they're they're going to look for in year two to to fill that role. Lockdown guard Jordan Poole. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's not it. So um, I think Davion is a good pick here. And him going to seven, obviously for you and I, is not too high. And like right now, Tankthon has Keon going seventh. I, I don't see that. And I like Davion way more as a prospect right now. So Davion, seventh to the Golden State Warriors. Your thoughts? Well, I fucking love it. Um, <laughs> can you imagine just... When they're really getting after it, Davion and Draymond just fucking the energy defensively they're going to bring to that team in this scenario. Now, I'm about to go on a little Davion Mitchell rant for draft Twitter. Okay. Because you're fucking sleeping on my guy. (laughs) All right. I've been seeing some boards with Davion Mitchell at like 27, 30 by guys that. I really like, really respect their opinion. You got to go back and watch this kid's tape. This kid is fucking unbelievable defensively as a point of attack defender. Okay. He is an elite athlete on the ground as far as quickness, change of pace, stop on a dime. Okay. There's a lot of guys who, um, are older, have good, you know, uh, senior seasons, junior seasons, whatever, right? And you go, all right, well, they just, they're more experienced, they're older, blah, blah, blah. 
but they don't have the physical tools to then have it translate to the NBA. Davion Mitchell has like the quickest first step in the draft. Maybe Jalen Green, right? You can put above him. He really developed as a shooter. Mm-hmm. That shooting is at least at a point that you got to close. He's going to be able to be, I mean, with the, the extra space, I just, you're really sleeping on this kid. I mean, you're looking at potentially somebody who is going to have a, what, Marcus Smart, Drew Holiday, maybe not at that peak of Drew, but close, you know, because Drew had, you know, he's a little taller. Yeah. Um, But a guy that, you know, you've seen Davion Mitchell completely guard Cade Cunningham. Strong I did a break, did a breakdown on that. You can watch it on the YouTube channel. You guys are sleeping on him. If you have him in in the twenties, you're sleeping. You want to you want to look and you know talk about his age. All right, I get it. You want to say, oh, he's just a, a March Madness darling. I get it. But the guy fucking wins. That counts for something. The dog, yeah, he has the dog, and that matters. All right, he's not going to be afraid in the fourth quarter of a game, and he has actual NBA skills that will translate his speed is going to translate his defense is going to translate his jump shot will translate and here in a situation where he's in golden state you could put him off the ball how many opportunities is he going to get off of clay thompson and steph curry and draymond and these guys hell yeah but put him anywhere else i don't even care bet on this kid please i'm begging you all right because you're going to look at your boards and be like, man, 30 was really low. 26 mm-hmm. was really low for him. What was I thinking? You weren't thinking is the thing. Go mm-hmm. and watch him. Don't buy into this shit that he's too old. This kid mm-hmm. can play. You don't have to be like me and be a crazy person who has him fifth. Okay? You don't have to be like that. I'm not telling you. I'm not asking you. I'm not begging you for that. What I'm telling you to do is reevaluate what kind of skill level this kid has because I think that you're sleeping on it. and And – he might not be an above the rim athlete, but on the ground, he's side about as good as it. Uh, uh, he's about as good as it gets in this draft. So, mm-hmm. all look, all I'm saying is intangibles, skill, athleticism. <laughs> he has the things that any team should want, and uh, I, I'm just telling you, move him, <laughs> move him up out of you know your top. <laughs> in the 25 to 30 range please move him up because you might think i'm a crazy person for having him at five but i don't even think you fucking watched him if you have him in at 25 so uh cory's pretty happy with my uh <laughs> seventh pick of the draft <laughs> <laughs> davion going to the warriors dude i i, I hear you i 1000 1 trillion percent agree i think it's so funny like everyone keeps calling him donovan mitchell's brother and it's kind of we're gonna we're kind of getting the same vibes like with his draft status too you know when donovan yeah. was coming in i think a lot of people had him like mid to late lottery and which is where he went and um you know with i, I think davion's gonna end up going a little bit higher and i dude i really wouldn't be surprised if it's not just you and i who thinks this and like golden state actually takes him at seventh like i don't think this is me and you just being biased and throwing out some nonsense here like it's a real possibility with everything that you talked about like you have you have davion now spearheading your defense with draymond waiting behind him are you kidding me the defensive upside and then we talk about uh steph clay and also i mean mr secret weapon right mr x factor yep. andrew wiggins right yeah there you go uh, the, the maple mamba so it's you know <laughs> we're talking about a squad here that's really going to contend next year so i i think davion to number seven is actually super realistic yeah i agree yeah and i think it's a smart play here if, it, if the draft plays out like this all right mm-hmm. i'm on the clock orlando's second pick pick eight and i'm gonna take a little swerve oh for just i think how we felt personally. Uh, we just did an episode on him recently. Okay. I think Orlando needs a little bit of shooting. You can never get enough defense, especially with that backcourt. They just took Kaminga to fill the three slash four spot. Um, their front court, they don't have much shooting. They have theoretical shooting in Bamba and Carter. Isaac, theoretical shooter. Sure. You get another guy who could fit in and potentially be part of an elite defensive lineup. I'm going to take Moses Moody at number eight for the Orlando Magic. Oh, 
Oh. Um, seven one wingspan, I believe he measured in at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really good measurables. I'm buying the shot. He could fit with any of the backcourt kids that they got. Uh, Fultz and Cole Anthony and RJ Hampton. He's not going to overlap there. He could play the two or the three. And uh, just the potential defensive lineup of Markel Fultz, Moses Moody, Kaminga, Isaac, and Wendell Carter or Mo Bamba, you know, down the line is is fun to think about. So, I mean, look, Moses Moody, and we covered him. We, t- we took a long time to cover him. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, simple. He's a guy who has 3 and D baseline with – you know, potential to be a guy who's averaging close to 20 points per game in the right season. You know, maybe he's a one-time, two-time all-star kind of guy, you know, if if he, you know, kind of peaks um, his potential. So uh, I think he'd be uh, an interesting fit for, for Orlando mm. there. And Orlando, you know, walks away with Kaminga and Moody. I mean, that's, you know, a pretty good haul for them. Mm. Shouts, to, uh, shouts to Trice High. And, yes. uh all the Moses Moody uh, analysis he gave us. I think that's a great pick, dude. I actually didn't see that one coming. When you said shooting and defensive upside, I actually thought you were going to go Wagner, um, Mm -hmm. which kind of makes things interesting for me at nine with the Sacramento Kings because um, I think they can go a lot of different ways here with the Kings. Um, For me, I I think the way that my mind is working, um, we're kind of set at guard uh, with Fox and Halliburton. Yeah. Um. I feel like Barnes and Heald are guys that are at like. It is a really good chance those guys get traded. Um. Marvin Bagley is another guy that I know that they're going to give a hard look at and wonder what to do in terms of the future with him. Yeah. I think. I think at this point in the draft, it's a little high for me to go with Isaiah Jackson, which is someone who I am strongly considering here, considering. You know, their center right now is like Rashawn Holmes, which hey, he's going to get people he's sleep. Gonna get paid. Yeah. Yeah. Rashawn Holmes paid. is a, a, a really, really serviceable, really good center. in the NBA that people don't know about or don't talk enough about. But for me, at number nine, I'm actually going to go Franz Wagner here. Um, okay. I think Wagner is a good choice because I'm thinking about the offensive fluidity that they'll have with Fox Halliburton and Wagner. And if they keep healed or heal leaves and. I don't know. Jameis Ramsey comes into that spot. Ramsey, I think, is a really good shooter, a guy that I like. Um, I like the draft. Yeah, yeah. So I think Wagner is a good choice here. If they can retain Rishon Holmes, then we're talking about Holmes, Wagner, um, either Barnes or Heald, plus Halliburton and Fox. That's a nice, fun roster, yes. uh, a young roster that I think has a lot of potential. I think the only other name that I was thinking about here at nine was – uh, Jalen Johnson, or maybe even like mm-hmm. Alper and Sangoon, um, yep. because like I don't know how. I mean, we know the Kings and their history with um, who was that guy they take uh, took a couple of year years ago? Papa, Papa Giannis, pa- yeah, Papa, Papa Giannis, Gian. right? Yeah, yeah <laughs> Papa. Gian- <laughs> <laughs> so maybe they'll have some um, some scars with that one and not take Sangoon so high. But I think like even Sangoon at nine wouldn't be terrible. He's and so you and I. Good. You, we haven't talked about him yet, but the way that he dominated in Turkey at age 18 was unfreaking believable. But for me, I think Wagner at nine is kind of like the perfect situation. And kind of, I think even on the Wagner pod, I said Wagner on Sacramento might be fun. Yeah. So I'm going to go Wagner at nine and I'm going to be excited about his defensive versatility. I'm going to be excited about his shooting. I'm going to be excited about the fit next to Halliburton and Fox. And I think he's the, we talked about it, man. He is one of the elite role players in this draft. And for him to enter into that role player role with that squad, I think it's kind of perfect. So I'm going to go Franz Wagner here. Yeah. You can't be mad at getting good basketball players at pick nine. Uh, That's a spot that doesn't always pan out. You know, you got your Kevin Knoxes of the world at that spot. So if you can get a guy like Franz Wagner, there might be, there's definitely guys who have more potential at this point of the draft. But for the Kings, I think you're looking for good basketball players at this point. And Wagner's, you know, a good basketball player baseline. And he's a guy that you look at, you could put him, you could just envision him four years down the line playing in a big spot in the playoffs. You know, he's not going to get played off the floor defensively. He's going to be able to knock down shots. He's going to move the ball. It's not going to stick with him. 
he's not he's just he's a guy that you can see in the playoffs he's that marcus morris jay crowder kind of you know power forward um going forward that could fit in any lineup um so i'm for it and that brings me to number 10 the new orleans pelicans who uh i think are gonna get a really fun player i know that we have talked about this actual situation happening when we did our, our book night episode uh, with my guy Mavs draft, <laughs> please can reconsider your Davion ranking. Um, I'm going to take James book night for the new Orleans Pelicans. Oh, wow. So look, they're not like stacked at shooting guard. Josh Hart's mm-hmm. going to leave or he wants to leave. And then you're looking at like, who's your shooting guard, Eric Bledsoe. Right. We don't know what's going to happen with Lonzo. They can match, but he, you know, he seems like a guy who's probably going to be close to the way out. And then, you know, it gets pretty bleak after that. I mean, Kyra is a point guard mm-hmm. and despite limited minutes, um, he played really well for them last year. Mm-hmm. Kid as a rookie point guard, barely turned the ball over which was a really great sign. I'm still super high on him. I had him fifth on my board last year. Kind of wish I even had him at four on my board. And I still believe in his upside long-term there. And I think that book Knight's a guy who could space the floor. They need that with that front court situation that they have going on. Um, the kid gets buckets and he's an off ball guy. So point Zion it allows him, I think, Book Knight to thrive the most. He's going to be able to play it in transition and cutting off the ball and spacing the floor. And I I love that kind of situation for Book Knight. I look at him as kind of like the guy who has like Jamal Murray potential in this draft. Um, Corey, I do want to say if you are right and they take Book Knight, this is maybe the scariest team in transition in the league. Yeah. Uh, Lonzo, Book Knight. Kira Lewis and Zion in transition. Oh, they got a lot of transition guys. Dear God, we're talking yeah. about and now with with freaking SVG gone, which and I did want to say you mentioned Josh Hart is on his way out. I think SVG is fired because of how he used Josh Hart. Uh, <laughs> that's one of the main reasons I think because yeah. holy crap, you talk about a guy that could have helped that team and should have been playing a lot more. Uh, that's Josh Hart. I, I can't believe the way that Josh Hart was used this year by SVG. That really broke my heart. And if Josh Hart ends up leaving and he pops next year, the Pelicans are going to freaking hate themselves for that one. But um, I, I hear you, man. I think Book Knight is a high upside guy. You and I are both we both like him a lot i yep. actually think book knight is better not a better shooter than the numbers say and i think his his handle and his shiftiness and what he can do attacking the basket and his athletic pop like people want to talk about keon johnson and his athleticism i'll, I'll pass and i'll take book knight instead i think yep. i think book knight is has way more potential as a scorer and shot maker um but hey i mentioned him Keon Johnson is actually an interesting name here because the Pelicans might consider it here at number 10. If he's still there on the board, he might be someone that they consider. Yeah. Yeah. But for me and you, I think we're both on the same page. I think book night over Keon Johnson. And I think that's a really solid pick. I think it's a good one. All right. You're on the clock for uh, LaMelo ball, Charlotte Hornets. Hmm. Damn. This is an important pick for Charlotte. This is because they've been, they've, They've been building really smart. They've selected really good players. And this is potentially the last time they're going to be in, in the lottery. Okay, Moody's off the board. Give me a second. So, okay. I I have someone in mind. Okay. Um, I wonder if I'm crazy for doing this here. Um, I actually no, I'm not. I think I'm I'm spot on for taking this one here because um, Cody Zeller is not the future at center. He's not. He's not. No. So at eleven, the, the 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 Turkish Terminator, Alper and Sangoon wow. is on the board. You add Sangoon as your five here, four or five, whatever, with the roster that they have, the shooting, the athleticism. You know, you put him next to PJ Washington and a and a Miles Bridges, Gordon Hayward, Malik. Monk. I wonder what happens with Malik Monk this offseason. That's another thing to think about. Mm. Uh, Lamelo Bell, Lamelo Ball. Um, I I'm gonna go Sangoon here because 
I think Sangoon gives them an option down low that they didn't have this past season. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I know they posted a PJ Washington a little bit, actually a good amount. Um, but Cody Zeller is just not the answer there. And if you have Sangoon as a guy who, I mean, Corey, you and I haven't done a pod on Sangoon yet, but this MFR nope. is soon. something else. Holy crap. Sangoon. Okay. We're not going to do the pod right now, but his feet, I freaking love his feet. Um, I think unreal. The, the shooting potential on him is there as well. He just, he, I, I just think he just didn't need to shoot that much, but does that mean he can't shoot? Hell no. Um, I think he's going to be a good free throw shooter. I think he's going to be, he may even, he may even stretch it, stretch that out to three. Um, I think Sengun at 11 is good value and a guy that they might actually f- end up finding as like a, one of the steals of this draft. And, um, I feel pretty confident in this one, actually. Singoon at 11 to the Hornets. All right. I I like it. I, you know, to me, I, I'll i say it. I have Singoon sixth on my board. So, Jesus. Uh, I think that's great value. And the kid is... <laughs> the kid. What if I were to tell you that Evan Mobley may not be the best wow. passing big in this draft? Mm. We talked mm. about the footwork. We're going to talk about him in full in... Uh, the Sengun episode, mm-hmm. but yeah, him and him with uh in the pick and roll with with Lamelo is is going to be absolutely so much fun. Um, so I love that, and uh, he'll look good in that in that turquoise and purple. All right, so I'm on the board at twelve for the Spurs, and I am going to do the least Spursian thing that I think that you could do at pick 12. We just did an episode on him. Oh, I'm, I'm buying the talent. We have a guy there. He goes by the name Chip England. He's the most mm-hmm. world-renowned shooting coach. We have Greg Popovich. We're going to take Jalen Johnson at 12. His talent yeah. is going to be too overwhelming at this point. You're, I mean, you know, you're, you're losing DeMar DeRozan. You're probably, you know, Rudy Gay is getting older. How, how much longer is he going to be in the Spurs plans? And I don't think that there's anybody in that power forward spot that's saying, I can't take a shot on Jalen Johnson. So I'm, I'm going Jalen Johnson to the San Antonio Spurs and having Chip England take a crack at fixing that jumper. And if he does that, the Spurs have themselves a real, real steal of a talent at at this spot. Dude, that's wow. So last year, Vassell drops to them. They end up grabbing him at around that range. And everyone's like, brilliant. What a what an unbelievable pick. And they're and they're right. I think it was yep. a great pick for them. And then for this year, for them to have Jalen Johnson to fall into their laps, that's actually kind of perfect. Cause something, you know, when, when we did the Jalen Johnson pod, I said, you know, somewhere from 10 to 12 might be a good range for him. And for him to go 12 to the Spurs is kind of a perfect situation for him. Yeah, you can't ask for a better guy to Shoot. try to fix the jumper. Yeah, dude. I actually I think that's a good one, dude. I think that's a really, really good one. Okay, I'm on board. You're on board. You got Indiana. Yeah, I'm. Here we go. Okay, ready for this one? I'm ready. Okay, so for me, I think logically, I think it feels like Doug McDermott's going to leave in free agency, right? I think he's going to get a contract somewhere. So it's like easy to be like, all right, white guy shooter leaving, add another white guy, white guy shooter in Corey Kispert. But I'm not here for the easy picks, okay? okay? I'm here I'm here because I I consider myself a thinking man. I consider myself a guy who um I'm I'm trying to enter into the shoes as uh the Indiana GM. This is kind of a weird pick and people may end up hating me for this pick, but I don't care. I look at Karis LeVert as a wing who is a guy who likes to hunt his shot, who doesn't like passing. 
Uh, we have Justin Holiday on the roster as a decent defender. I, I, I wouldn't ever go as far as to say Justin Holiday is like an amazing defender. I think he's a pretty decent defender. I liked his time on the Knicks. Um, you have a Malcolm Brogdon. You have an Aaron Holiday. And then the cornerstone of the team being DeMontis Sabonis. So my, my rationale is this. What if you can grab a wing who is going to actually be, depending on what sneakers he's wearing, actually be 6'10", a smooth shooter, and upside to be a really, really good shooter. Uh, I'm actually going to rock the boat a little bit. I'm taking Zaire Williams from Stanford with a 13th pick in the draft to the Indiana Pacers. I think his defensive upside, which we talked a little bit about with uh, Jay Kalman from The Ringer, um, I think his defensive upside, his shooting upside, I'm like you, Corey. I, I like the shot. I think it looks beautiful. And if you consider all that and you put him on this roster and he potentially becomes a rock solid three and D wing to, 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 you know, supplement Sabonis and the rest of this roster, that gets really interesting. And so I'm going to go Zaire Williams at 13 to the Indiana Pacers. I like it. And I think at this spot, Zaire can actually have some real value. Because I look at Zaire and his measurements today were great. I mean, his wingspan is is not as as long as you'd you'd like it, but uh, he is um, taller than I think people expected him to be, and he really struggled, like really struggled. Yeah. Cam Reddish struggled, mm-hmm. but I buy the shot based on the eye test. Now, my thing with Zaire is I really don't think that he is the shot creator that a lot of people bill him as. And we've said that before a bunch of times. I think his handle is too sloppy at the NBA level to consistently create space in a way that you want from a guy who is a number number two option, let alone a number one option. Maybe even a number three option, okay? But if you are asking me, if can Zaire Williams turn into the kind of role player that Mikael Bridges turned into. Now I'm so interested because exactly. we see we see Mikael's value in the playoffs. Now Zaire has a long way to go, but Mikael had a lot more time in college to develop, so he's not going to come in with the same pedigree, championships, you know the numbers um, that Mikael did, but he brings a lot of the same intangibles. And if you're a believer in the shot, and I am, now finishing is a whole nother story, and that's going to be a work in progress, and that's going to come with body and confidence. And um, But the shooting, the 3 and D upside for Zaire is intriguing. And, you know, it, would I take him here? I'd probably take some other guys on the board. But I think he's a good upside play here at the back end of the lottery as well. So if a team in this spot believes in that and thinks, hey, maybe – there's a reason this kid was a you know a potential top five pick coming into the year, and let me kind of test the waters on him and take a shot because I see at least a, a baseline. Um, then, then that's it. You you got you take the shot. All right, the Golden State Warriors are on the clock. They took Davion Mitchell at seven. Okay, so <laughs> I, I'm sure that Warriors fans wanted to get into that the you know the top 4 and take one of these high upside kids and now you look you say all right we got Davion Davion Mitchell at 7 he's an older guy I wish we had an upside play Davion I think is going to develop he might not be uh you know Donovan Mitchell scoring wise but I think he's going to be an impact player mm-hmm. I'm going to go safe again now you know there's there's a lot of guys and we'll talk about some of the guys who we didn't uh draft in this lotto in a few minutes, but for the final pick for the, for the warriors, I'm going to take Corey Kispert. Um, I think the warriors, look, if the warrior, if the warriors are actually going to be keeping both of these picks, you know, they took their upside play in Wiseman last year. Now they want to get guys who are going to at least be able to contribute, um, as they get back to the playoffs because they're going to get clay back. Steph's coming off a MVP caliber year. And now it's time for them to build out depth and to get guys who fit their system and what they do. And look, 
Kispert is an underrated uh, defender. He's not a lockdown guy, and I think NBA teams will pick on him um, early on if they, you know, if he's on the floor compared to some of the other guys that'll be on the floor. But he's stronger than you think. He's a little bit more athletic than you think, and he's a shooter. And now he's going to get put into the ultimate shooting role in the league, playing with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. And, you know, the, the Splash Brothers. So you add another elite shooter. Um, Jesus. And a guy who, for four years, put up great numbers, winning program, knows how to play the game the right way. I think that it's an easy transition for the Warriors to make. Now, um, maybe they go a different direction. Maybe they want to take an upside. Maybe they want to go a guy like Josh Giddy, you know, multi-position you know, guy who could be a primary playmaker at times. Um, but I think Kispert just, you can get, you can't, you can always get a shooter on the floor. It seems like in this league, Kispert's a, a safe bet to be, you know, a pretty elite shooter. And uh, I think that rounds out the lotto. So let's, let's go back. Detroit, big winners of the night. Take Cade Cunningham at one. The Houston Rockets take Evan Mobley at two. The Cleveland Cavaliers take Jalen Green at three. The Toronto Raptors, Jalen Suggs. The Orlando Magic at five take Jonathan Kaminga. The Oklahoma City Thunder take Scotty Barnes at six. The Golden State Warriors take Davion Mitchell at seven. The Orlando Magic take Moses Moody at eight. The Sacramento Kings take Franz Wagner at nine. James Booknight goes to the Norlick Pelicans at 10. The Hornets take Alperin Shangoon at 11. The Spurs take Jalen Johnson at 12. The Indiana Pacers take Zaire Williams at 13. And Corey Kispert goes to the Golden State Warriors at 14. Now, um, let's talk about some guys who mm-hmm. we didn't talk about okay. that we didn't that we didn't draft because there were a couple of guys who had um just some interesting kind of you know news tidbits come out. Um oh yeah. Cam Thomas. Seems like he got a guarantee in the first round, mm-hmm. right? Pulled out of the combine. Um, so that's, I, I feel like there's been a little bit of uh, Cam Thomas stock rising as um, as the days have gone by and him getting a promise kind of backs that or what we think is a, pro- a promise. Otherwise, he, he wouldn't be backing out of this. Um, what do you think about a team guaranteeing Cam Thomas in the first round? I, I mean, it feels like if we were just living on draft Twitter, it would. It feels like Cam Thomas is the absolute uh, bell of the ball. Um, I feel like almost every draft Twitter draft expert loves Cam Thomas. You know, I think Cam Thomas is 16 is kind of interesting to the Thunder, right? Like maybe that's where he got his promise from the yeah. Thunder. Like they're like, hey, we have six, 16, and 18. We'll take you with one of those. Because yep. if you think about his scoring upside and you put him next to SGA and just, you know, he can really just go out there and be a gunner and put up 20 plus points a game. That's a pretty good spot for him, I think. Um, so I, I I feel like a team like that probably gave him a promise unless it was hey, like, who knows, what about, maybe what the about, New York Knicks. What about the Knicks? They have <laughs> they have two picks. And what did the Knicks need in the playoffs? creation shot creation baby shot maker man so that that could be interesting too and he's he'd be a fun new york guy he would i feel like yeah i feel like he'd be a fan favorite um jared butler got got pulled out of like combine drills and stuff Mm -hmm. uh it seems like it's health related yeah so it's a little scary and let's hope for the best and hope that, you know, this isn't a, um, you know, similar scenario to like Chris Bosch or um, what's his name? Isaiah. Uh, um, Austin. Isaiah, Isaiah Austin, right? Yeah. From a few years back. Yeah. Um, because Jared Butler coming off, you know, the championship at Butler, so skilled, is a safe bet to be a really good player in the league, uh, some kind of contributor. Um, so that's. It's scary, and uh, let's hope for the best there. Um, here's a guy who is getting so much buzz on draft Twitter. JT Thor. Yeah. 
talk about Bell the Ball. I feel like this dude is being talked about like he's the next Giannis. I had I saw somebody have him at four today on a board. Um, yeah, we're it, look. We have about one month, one month and a week until the NBA draft, and we're gonna start see seeing some wild, wild takes. Um, so <laughs> J- look, JT Thor is intriguing though. He had a really, I think he had like a seven three wingspan, six ten. Yeah. Not gonna be lefty. nineteen until not gonna be nineteen until August. He's a lefty. I love lefties. Um, he was the only other player at Auburn that popped for me when watching Sharif's tape. And for good reason, shot looks a little cleaner. There's a lot to like there. How much, um, you know, crazy potential is there underneath there? Do I think he's like uh, the next Giannis? No. But is there a world, I guess, where he's he could follow a similar trajectory as like Pascal Siakam? Probably. And I think if that's the case, then, you know, he's definitely a guy that you take somewhere in the late teens to early twenties, if, if you believe that, but he's a guy that a lot of people really, really, really like on the internet. So if you haven't watched any JT Thor, do a little research into him. Uh, Cause you're going to be seeing his name pop up a whole bunch on the internet. We should sure. say, well, I was going to say no, go, JT go Thor, um, another guy from Anchorage, Alaska. So uh, when we're talking about upside, I think he may be closer to Trajan Langdon than he is uh, <laughs> Giannis or Pascal. But I, I will say the, the lefty stroke is nice. I mean, no one can deny that. And I think he's shooting the shit out of the ball during workouts right now. So yep. teams seem to be pretty high on that. He's got good size, a 6'10". I think he's kind of slow, though, for my taste. Doesn't have a lot of vertical pop either. Um, handle is kind of... Okay, I mean nothing to write home about yet, but um, I think man, JT Thor at four seems like it's wild. It's what? It's, no, nah, it's crazy. That, it's mm, crazy. But yeah. look, everybody's got their guys, and um, if you know, look, if he turns out to be a top five player from this draft, hey, okay, that's fine. You know, but but you know, Corey also. <laughs> We, we we also didn't mention it from our mock draft. The guy who fell out of the lottery is Keon. And yep. interestingly enough, Keon at 15 to Washington might be something, you know, like I feel like, could be. yeah, that might be where he stops falling, but that is a name that neither one of us picked. And I think it's very realistic that this might happen when the draft comes. I, I, I agree. I mean, uh, a, a lot of guys like him and, you know, he's always kind of mocked in that top 10 range. So, you know, it could be Intel. It could just be guys seeing things that we're not seeing on the film, but um, you know, I'd be interested to seeing, you know, to see what other people are, you know, really seeing him because we watched and, you know, it didn't, it didn't pop for me in, you know, he had moments that popped, but you know, his size, his small frame. And I think he's one of those guys. I think if this playoffs has shown me anything, it's like, it's all about skill, man. Like how many of these guys that are like athlete first skill, second, develop the skill needed to match their athleticism it it doesn't happen all that often it's a bet that more times than not you're gonna lose so if you're telling me all right i'm gonna take this kid at seven or eight like you know good luck i hope that he works out for you and your team because he plays hard and you know he's got intriguing skills but it's a little rich for you know for me when there's you know a bunch of other players on the board that i i think are going to be better NBA players baseline and have the same kind of potential as him. Now, if you're telling me that you want to take him at 16, 18, 20, 22, one of these teams with multiple picks, um, you know, the Rockets 23. Now I'm like, all right, now we're getting somewhere because now the upside play, the switch flipped. And now this is where the, the, you know, you actually win your bet. Like if he works at this spot, you got to steal rather than like, if he doesn't work and you picked him too early, you might be out of a job. So, you know, that's mm-hmm. my thing with Keon. But I think if the playoffs has taught me anything, man, it's like mm-hmm. the NBA is a skill-based league now. And you need requisite athleticism for sure. And the yeah. more athletic that you are, obviously, the better, you know, chance you have mm-hmm. to be a superstar-level player, which mm-hmm. is why, like, Miles, that's, like, the difference between, like, Miles McBride and Donovan Mitchell as a prospect. Like, small guys with long wingspans and pull-up ability and can defend, but, like, Donovan Mitchell is an elite athlete and you know, Miles McBride isn't. So that's why, and and I like Miles McBride, but like, that's, you know, the difference in um, where athleticism gets you. But 
I think uh, I think Corey, another way to frame that is to look back to a couple of years ago and the mistake that the Sixers made. They had they drafted Mikael Bridges and then traded yes. him for Zaire Smith. And their I, I think their rationale and their thinking at the time was Zaire Smith is he has tools, he has athleticism, he has upside, but they traded the guy who had like pterodactyl arms who proved that he could do it on the college level and a guy who had a killer killer shooting stroke and so this is exactly what you're talking about right you want to have the requisite skills and then also you also like have to balance that out and that risk that you're taking taking the guy with the upside and i think keon johnson is a perfect example of that i think gms are going to look back to a scenario like the mikhail Bridges situation and be like okay we're sitting at eight do we want to take Keon or sorry? No, you, where did you take Kispert? You took Kispert at 14, right? So like, yep. let's imagine the Warriors are like sitting there and Kispert and Keon's on the board. They're going to say, okay, do we want to take Keon and his athletic upside? Or do we want to take the guy who is a great shooter, but can also do other things on the floor in Kispert? So yeah, I, I think it makes a lot of sense that he falls out of the lottery. Yeah. And uh, look, it's all going to be draft philosophies at that point. And there's going to be a whole bunch of decision makers with different philosophies. And so it's going to be interesting. That's why we love the draft and keeping up with it for an entire year and, and beyond um, following these kids all the way from high school uh, to, to pro. So I think that's going to be it. We're, we're doing uh, an, an episode this week on uh, later on the week on Josh Christopher, which I am amped for. Smaller, smaller than I thought he was. You know what? He—I don't think he loves. He looks huge, but he's got a good wingspan. So, and he's strong. So, I'm fine. I'm fine with his his size. Um, but we'll get into that (laughs) on Josh's uh episode. So, guys, thank you for tuning in with us for this live draft lottery post show. Um, make sure that you like, share subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, and then if you haven't yet subscribe, rate review, the draft act, NBA draft podcast, anywhere that you find and listen to your podcast. Um, it's been fun. This is an exciting night and, uh, I can't wait to get into the rest of the prospects with a little bit of more context and clarity of where all these spots are. So, Josh Christopher coming up later on in the week, and we will see you then. Peace. Peace.